Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Six point five percent was it? Is is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you if you look at the round by round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like what a time to be alive! I, talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust. This is the C Four Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Podcast, brought to you on the Full Press Network. Co-host Matt Lee. Follow me at on Twitter at Matt Lee underscore 61. Joined by my talented colleague and co-host, Anna Forsyth, who you can follow at a Forsyth 3 Missing in action this evening, Chris Golden at Lightforce, teaching somebody. How are you doing, Anna? Yeah, I- I'm okay. You're so much nice to me when we hit record. If you yeah. heard the things you off air. I mean, if you peeled back behind the curtain, but you would, once we're you would on hear hair. some things. But Oh, yeah. We know. don't want to do that. So let's, um, let's keep that under wraps. Yes. Well, the longer we can keep that in a secret, the better. It's like Batman's identity. You can only have the Dark Knight's so much of the Dark Knight revealed in, in one fell swoop. But all in due time right sure uh anna how was Mm -hmm. your canada day holiday yeah it was good thank you i spent it on the sunshine coast which eventually lived up to his name it was you know very rainy at first and then ended up very hot it was right so how about you let's 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 talk about this a little bit um i was talking about this with my partner um after the weekend and we both sort of discussed when was the last time you actually saw rain on Canada Day in Vancouver? It's been a long time. Yeah, um, we like we've been pretty lucky with that. We've had some really hot Canada days, um, which has been good, you know, managed to see the fireworks, but kind of matched the general mood of 2020, didn't it? This Canada Day. Oh, totally. A a damp squib. 
Yeah, I um. It was a very yeah, I mean, 2020 for me, celebration. For me, Canada Day has always been synonymous with like barbecues and fireworks, and it was just like none of that mm-hmm. was happening on Canada Day in 2020 in Vancouver, which, as you mentioned, pretty much par for the course for 2020 so far. Yeah, yeah, it just seemed to fit, right? I like barely left the house, honestly. I don't think I actually left the house on. Oh, no, I did, but it, it wasn't for, it wasn't a go. normal Canada Day. Let's put it that way. So, um, well, hope you enjoyed your Canada yeah. Day, wherever it was that you were celebrating, whether it be in Vancouver or from very far away. Um, thank you for listening to us here on the Seaboard Podcast. A lot to get into today as the NHL and NHL Players Associ- Association uh, agreeing on a return to play protocol for both phases three and four it does sound like we've got some dates we have some iron uh some kinks that have been ironed out uh official training camps will start july 13th travel to hub cities beginning on july 26th with the actual qualifying plans taking place on august 1st which means we are less than a month away from hockey returning to vancouver and it is uh it has been a long time coming Anna, as we'll get into a little bit later on the podcast yeah, and of course, um, as we learned in the last few weeks, it won't actually be coming to Vancouver as we originally thought. But, you know, hockey is hockey. Um, I'm very excited providing nothing goes wrong in the next couple of weeks for it to start again. Yeah, and so the uh, the Vancouver Canucks, as we have seen uh, both on the Canucks Instagram and Twitter handles, uh, more and more players arriving in Vancouver, taking play, taking part in those informal skates that you're seeing happening at Rogers Arena. The players quarantine at a nearby hotel, so you can just feel that anticipation starting to snowball here, and it will continue to ramp up as we head up towards August 1st. So coming up on today's show, we'll talk about the Canucks as they gear up towards that August 1st date. Uh, the players are skating together. They are getting closer to skills in game-like situations. We saw the return of Michael Furlan on the ice for the first time in a very, very long time. Um, we'll talk a little bit about maybe some of the shenanigans, Anna, that's also been happening off the ice. We'll talk We'll talk it a little bit about the Jake Vertanen situation that happened over the last week. Some of the other news and notes regarding the uh, CBA, it's been extended for four years, which means, number one, There will not be another lockout happening in that four-year extension period. And it does sound like the NHL has agreed to the players' demands, we'll say, about Olympic hockey returning to uh, the NHL, or rather the NHL returning to Olympic hockey. So we'll talk a little bit about that from a Canucks perspective as well. Talk about the salary cap ramifications as the NHL is looking towards a flat salary cap for at least the next four years. We'll uh, we'll get into how it affects the Vancouver Canucks from a salary cap standpoint. And then we'll also end up the show with a a few quick hitters. Uh, um, We'll sort of give our takes on who will win each playing series and the number of games it'll take. So a lot to get into, Anna. Let's not waste any time. Let's get in to Rewind. So, Anna, the NHL and NHL Players Association are midway through the Sunday evening uh, stretch agreeing or at least finalizing a return to play protocol for phases three and four. Of course, uh, as much as we have enjoyed getting the Hub City updates once a week from the powers that be, 
it has officially been determined that Toronto and Edmonton will serve as the hub cities. But of course, there are still those lingering concerns regarding leaked texts and positive tests. Um, first of all, your reaction on that return to play protocol, anything that you really want to poke holes in? Um, not really. I, I think there's the obvious concerns with um, quarantining players. Um, and I think that still kind of concerns players as to, you know, how they can see their family still. And I think that's still a concern to players. But I don't think it's necessarily anything's wrong with the setup. Um, I'm sure it's just like, yeah, I think there's no way you can enter a sports tournament like in the middle of a quarantine, um, sorry, global pandemic still without it still being concerning. But I don't see any details that kind of stick out to me. Do you? Well, I mean, let, let's talk about this one here. And, and I thought this was probably one of the more interesting parts of the return to play protocol was the NHL's, for lack of a better word, um, very strong stance on players who um, sort of get outside of the bubble, if you will. Once you're in, you're essentially not allowed out. And the NHL has pretty much, and I don't have the the actual protocol in front of me, but they are um, strictly enforcing this bubble and they would be penalizing teams, whether it be fines or even the forfeiture of draft picks if a player um, leaves the bubble, if you will. So, I mean, what do you think about the harsh or strong stance the NHL has taken regarding that? Well, I totally understand from their perspective because you've got, on the one hand, players being concerned about their health and they want it as secure as possible. Um, and then on the other hand, you've got players who want to be able to see their family. So I can understand both perspectives on that, but I think from NHL's point of view, as much as we've debated this over the years about their like duty is to protect the health of the players. So I can understand that they want to keep it as tight as possible. Um, and obviously we heard that there's this opt out option. Um, I mean, that's like quite extreme to go to, but I definitely respect any player that does go for that option. Like, I definitely wouldn't judge them if they did that. Yeah, and then the other part of the uh, return to play protocol from the NHL was they did mention that the families of players would be able to travel to those hub cities starting for the conference finals as well as the Stanley Cup finals, which I assume would uh, at this point take place in Edmonton. So... Congratulations to the families of the players. You'll get right. to live in Edmonton for a couple weeks once the uh, conference finals get underway. I mean, uh, I mean, initially, Anna, we were thinking that families would not be allowed into the bubble at all times. So I guess there is at least a little bit of a bone that the NHL was throwing with at least permitting families to be inside the bubble, starting with the conference finals. Yeah, and I understand from the players' perspective that's key for them because they don't want to be spending a whole, like, that whole chunk of time out of their family. Just from a mental health perspective, that's huge. Just to know that, yes, you are confining yourself to this bubble for this small amount of time, but that there is some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of that, because I can't imagine what it would do to players who were already, you know, scared um, about entering this um, whole thing as to like being completely alone in it. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I think that it is good that the NHL recognizes that players can only be apart from their families for so long. Um, I mean, it's it's still, I mean, nothing about what the NHL has sort of done or anything anyone has done has been sort of normal at this point. But I do think it is important to the players to do to have that option to have families with them starting with the conference finals. Um, and uh, the other elephant in the room still surrounds the issue of what happens to players who test positive for COVID-19 um, during the return to play. Uh, I don't think that there's been too much concrete discussion or um, news from the NHL on what would happen in those events. But in your mind, what do you think is, what do you think the NHL should do in terms of handling a possible potential positive case um, during the return to play? Well, I think, obviously, we've talked about this before, that that was a big sticking point for BC, is that they wanted um, a stoppage if that occurred. And, I, I mean, I would definitely bow down to medical experts on this point, but I definitely think that you can't go about normal play, especially with, I just can't imagine how a positive test is just, like, happens one test in isolation. That just seems very unlikely given the fact that we've got players testing positive in clumps already and that's not even in the lockdown bubble that's in, you know, just pressing together. So I can't see how you go about a normal, like, tournament just isolating the one player that tested positive then. Yeah. I mean, you look at other professional sports leagues and their return to play, FC Dallas in the Major League Soccer, they have pulled out of the play-in tournament completely because of the fact that they've had so many positive test cases on the team. It's something that the NHL does need to recognize and be aware of and be prepared for because you're already starting to see it with some of the other professional teams. Um, You know, you look at the situation down in Florida. Tampa Bay had to hit pause on their practice facility after a number of their players tested positive for the coronavirus. I mean, there is a lot of concern. I don't think we're going to see a situation where a player does not test positive at some point during the return to play. Um, And admittedly, I don't really have a solution for what the NHL should do if a player tests positive during the return to play. Yeah, I think you really need to have a good plan in place. Um, Obviously, it's a completely different sport in comparison, but the comparison I have right now is the England cricket team and that they just have them basically locked down. They're going to have them locked down in two venues. Obviously, it's a much smaller country, smaller setup, but like they have 700 staff between the two venues, including players, and they've been there, what, three weeks and have no positive tests. So, like, on the one hand you think getting people to the hub cities might be a good thing but yeah if you do bring in covid to the hub then like it could easily just spread so quickly yeah and to the nhl's defense and i don't think that this is a silver bullet for covid19 during you know what has been a very tumultuous time for everybody but to the nhl's credit anna they are um it does sound like they're going to be quite comprehensive in their testing. Um, everything from hotel workers to people who are working in food services within the bubble. Um, everybody pretty much from the top down that is in that bubble will be tested. Um, so I do think 
that that does strengthen the NHL's um, case for trying to limit or deter the amount of COVID-19 that we will see within the bubble. I don't think it will guarantee we do not see any cases, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we want to chat about Jake Vitana now, but just to kind of make the comparison, getting tested for COVID-19 is not a walk in the park. Like, it, it seems like it's quite invasive. So... If you're a hotel staff member and you're subject to that just because NHL want to play, like that's quite a big ask. And just as a comparison to Jake, he obviously wasn't in the phase two, like a lot of his teammates, but you know, he's gearing up to play um, hockey in the middle of a pandemic and he can't be quote unquote trusted to be careful. So how can you like guarantee that? for everyone in this biosecure environment it's it just seems a bit of a reach almost yeah for sure um we will save jake for the next segment anna but just before we um take a break to get to that next segment um now that you've seen what the nhl return to play protocol for phase three and four looks like now um on a scale of one to ten ten being the most positive and one being the least positive how confident are you that we actually see the nhl see this through and that a stanley cup is awarded at some point in the fall 10 being the most positive like yeah most sure um we should stop using the word positive um yeah i can't even say that now without you know covid related i know it's a very loaded word um seven and a half is it more eight, or less eight, than what you felt before that's very hard to say because on the like day we've had it announced um that this settlement's reached we also had announced that there were further positive tests so that's you know giving with the one hand taking with the other i guess i'm slightly more um positive in the i had a real I don't know if fear is the right word, but I was definitely worried that the NHL PA might not agree to the terms the NHL had laid out, which honestly I can understand completely from their perspective. How about you? Uh, yeah, I think around an eight. I think there is still that very real doubt that the NHL um, goes in here without seeing at least some positive cases. I mean, uh, you remember back then there was some of that speculation about how players would wear full face shields during the return of play. And then it was pretty much um, put down very quickly that they wouldn't have to wear face shields. I mean, at the end of the day, hockey is still very much a contact sport. And it, it the reality is that it just takes one player to get it from somebody for a slew of other players, both on his team and on the opposing teams to potentially get the COVID-19 virus. So uh, for me, I, I think there is still a, a bit of fear in how the NHL might go about getting from, you know, the return to play to actually awarding a Stanley Cup. But I will say, I think the NHL has done everything that they can do to try and ensure a Stanley Cup is awarded in the fall. Right. But I think, I guess, our collective concern would be that there's some things they have no control over yeah absolutely um you know the nhl is not in control of the situation now and they weren't 
you know, back in mid-March when they hit pause in the season. So I think there's still a lot to be determined. But again, to the NHL's credit, they have put their best foot forward in terms of trying to make this return to play work. And we'll see what happens. Uh, We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get into the Vancouver Canucks as they resume skating at Rogers Arena and the uh, eventual return to play from a Vancouver Canucks perspective. All that coming up next here on the C4 Podcast and on the Full Press Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And he liked to say the F word. Oh, then get the f here then. Okay, see ya. Oh, oh, oh. Is going to have the F word on it. I wish I could give you a explanation about it. I can't. You, 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 you. Out of here. You said the F word, Dad. You called me the F word. Okay, so Anna, the uh, Vancouver Canucks continue to skate at Rogers Arena. But before we get into the actual on ice stuff, a real quick. Um, thoughts from you on what you thought of Jake Vertanen's um, quote-unquote scandal, if you will, spotted at uh, the Celebrities Nightclub here in Vancouver with some friends. He wasn't wearing a mask. Um, to Jake Vertanen's defense, um, you know, Celebrities Nightclub was operating within the guidelines that had been laid out for them. It was a small group, um, and they had not made masks mandatory. So your quick, quick, quick thoughts on... Uh, the news, if you will, of Jake Vertanen being at a nightclub. Right. And yeah, just to emphasize, yeah, that he wasn't doing anything wrong in terms of team protocol. Um, he wasn't in the, you know, phase two yet. But on the other hand, like, I've been really careful with, you know, going into bars and keeping distance. And well, I completely understand, like, he's, you know, a young guy. He wants to go out. He's probably missed his friends a ton. But from the other hand, like, there are lots of players who are just doing the most they can to make sure they're ready for play. Um, and there's players who have, like, health concerns or have family members with health concerns. And, yeah, I can't imagine the optics just aren't great from that perspective. Does it add to the fire that it was Jake Vertanen of all players in your mind? Or had this been, you know, let's just pick a name, Adam Gaudet, for example, would it have changed your opinion on how newsworthy this was? I mean, of course it does. Like, Jake has a bad reputation for his off-ice behavior um, from a disciplinary standpoint. 
and we all like kind of know that that's been a concern of the organization as well um so you just think oh the potential he could reach um so it's frustrating from that point of view that it it just isn't the first time right um so i'm ha- like more than happy to be proven wrong with um jake and just like coming into his own um in this playoff playing series into the playoffs but yeah it's just frustrating yeah i think so for sure um i think from what i gather this is my sort of take is that i don't think jake vertanen was doing anything wrong he's quite entitled to be out and about and what he does on his own time is his own business um and like we said right off the top, he wasn't breaking any rules or anything. He wasn't forced to wear a mask. Um, but as you've sort of eloquently put it, Anna, you do expect better judgment from someone like Jake Vertanen, who is one piece in a very large puzzle. The Vancouver Canucks are here. They're playing um, and, you know, social distancing responsibly. Um, I think Jake Vertanen probably could have used some better judgment in this situation since we've seen him back on the ice, I'm assuming that he tested negative and that everything is still on the up and up with him. But I think if this mm-hmm. was the other way around and it was a positive case for him, this would have been quite a... I don't want to say it would have been the last straw I have with Jake Vertanen, but my patience would have grown extremely thin with Jake Vertanen's off-ice antics. Yeah, um, and just final note, he had a hat on at the club saying worst crew ever, which I believe was a um, comeback at Brendan Leipzig's takedown of his friends. But really, Jake does need better friends because if you don't, un- if you're friends with an NHL hockey player, you sh- should be understanding not to be filming stuff and putting it on Instagram. Come on. Yeah, it's um, it is a constant challenge, I think, for players in the 21st century is just trying to stay off social media in general. And I think sometimes Jake Vertana needs to stay off social media and especially Instagram in this particular case. Um, Mm -hmm. Moving on, Anna, to the actual on-ice stuff. We're seeing more and more players uh, returning to the Vancouver Canucks ice, including, um, just to name a few, we've seen uh, Elias Peterson, uh, Brock Besser, Louis Erickson. I don't know why his name keeps coming up, but Alex Edler. A lot of players who are already in town are continuing to skate like Troy Stetcher and uh, other players who are arriving, just like Jay Beagle and Brandon Sutter I saw in some of the video clips as well. They're starting to skate as well with the club. And as we ramp up towards that official training camp date of July 13th, which is literally a week away now, Anna, um, what are you sort of thinking at this point? Is it is it good that the players are continuing to get their legs under them? How much do you think the Canucks will be ready and prepared for August 1st hockey? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a challenge for every single team. Obviously, they're trying to bring together these groups that they're having to quarantine like within the team. You know, players that have come from within Canada, like the US and then Europe. Um so it's, you know, not ideal because that doesn't divide easily into, you know, good groups that work together necessarily. Um, but I think they're doing the most they can with, you know, the confinements they have. It was good to see, like, it looked a little more focused, the stuff we were getting today, a little more skills-based rather than just skating. So it seems like they're getting slightly closer to getting used to 
skating again at game speed and yeah, closer to um, gameplay, which is good. One of the names we did see that I didn't mention was Michael Furlan has returned to the Vancouver Canucks Ice Anna. And, you know, it's hard to glean anything really from, you know, a minute long clips of Michael Furlan. I think you see him take one shot and it goes into the top corner. Big deal. But I guess it was still a positive to see Michael Furlan actually on the ice skating with his teammates. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't think it says anything until... He's, you know, running a full contact practice as to whether he's in game shape. And then once again, I think the actual play in series will be a huge test, but the big steps up. But, you know, from his previous injuries, you know, it didn't take long for him to get off the ice again pretty quickly. So he looks as good as he can right now. I will say it was kind of strange. I almost forgot who that was. I was just like, who's that guy there? But uh, yeah, it's definitely good to see. Um, Okay. So let's get into this, Anna. And two names we haven't seen, and we know they're in Vancouver, um, Adam Gaudet, as well as Tyler Toffoli, both of whom returned from the United States, where of course we know the ongoing uh, coronavirus situation there has been less than ideal. I'm not going to um, jump to any sort of conclusions, and I'm simply going to disclaim this as complete theory on my part. But I do think it's interesting that we have seen players such as Brock Besser, who have returned from the United States as well. Um, We have seen those players return, and we've seen clips of them practicing on Rogers Arena ice for a while now. And yet Adam Gaudet and Tyler Toffoli have both been here for pretty much a week now at this point and we haven't seen them at all um i don't want to theorize that they necessarily have tested positive for covid19 but you have to admit that it is a little off normal that neither of them have been seen or heard from not even in an in a in a media availability on zoom or anything like that right i mean i'll bite because this is all we have to talk about this is very canucks conversation here like Canucks fan conversation in that we need to like keep tabs on all our players I mean Gordet is streaming you know he is somewhat being public um he's on Twitch um Tyler Tifoli's posting on Instagram I don't know obviously both of those things could be true and they could still be positive tests mm-hmm. it could be that they're taking precautions for other reasons um yeah, there could be any number of things. Um, obviously, I hope it's not the case. You kind of feel like it's a black mark in your copybook if your players are testing positive. Like, we'll be honest, we look down on the Tampa, like the mess that's going down in Florida. But, you know, this virus doesn't discriminate and you can be super careful and still get it. So, yeah, I hope that's not I the mean, case, but yeah. Uh, and of course, no one here is is hoping that is the case, of course. But I, I do think it is, again, like I mentioned, a little obscure that, you know, the Canucks Instagram and Twitter, they've been firing off, you know, these one minute packages, if you will, of players who are practicing on the ice. And yet not once have we seen Gaudet and Toffoli, two players who have, of course, played a very big role in the Canucks success this season. So 
Um, I do think it is a little interesting that neither of them have been spotted. And again, none of them have done any sort of media availability and furthering, you know, this suspicion, if you will, the NHL announces that players have, you know, tested positive for COVID-19, but they don't exactly disclose which teams and which players they are. So we might never know if either player have tested positive for COVID-19, if that is even the case. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, we've had these stories that it's the St. Louis players and stuff, and we've had them come out Tampa as well. And you've got to think in a market like Vancouver, someone would figure it out. So, um, yeah, unless something comes out in the next couple of days, I'm going to believe that there's some other reason we haven't seen them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's move along here, Anna. The other news of the day is that the collective bargaining agreement's been extended for four years, which is great because it means there definitely will not be another lockout in that stretch of time. Um, always great because, you know, the league cannot afford to have yet another lockout. But uh, the other things of note, the Olympics will be back on the table for NHL players. Um, how excited are you to see the NHL returning to the uh, the Winter Olympics? Yeah, I mean, from a personal point of view, it doesn't matter to me that much, like the quality of the hockey in the Olympics. But just from the players' point of view, it's absolutely huge. And I think it's kind of crazy that um, in a sport that literally wouldn't exist without the players, their wishes are so sidelined um, with Olympics because the Olympics is really important to them. And the fact that they've been kept out, I think it's kind of crazy. So I think it's big. Um, well, like, like watch it more, probably slightly, but, you know, I think it means more to the players and more to, like, Canadians like you than it does to me who, like, barely watches the Winter Olympics, so, yeah. I I will say this, you know, Ryan Kessler did a sit-down interview with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman from his home and uh, they were in the Ryan Kessler trophy room and they asked him what was, you know, the, the, the most important or most special thing, you know, in the room. And he actually said it was the Olympic silver medal from 2010, um, you know, and, and Ryan Kessler could have said anything. He could have said any of the self trophies that he's won. Um, you know, he could have said the World Junior Championship gold he won back in 2003. But no, he he said it was the 2010 Olympic silver medal. So I do I do think that that speaks some volumes about how much NHL players wanted to go back to the Olympics and how important it is for them. Totally. Yeah, it seems like it's a um, huge thing for them. So I'm really pleased from their perspective that it's something they've got back to. Um, yep. But yeah, it does seem like they maybe gave up some other things to get there. Um, real quick, Anna, on this current Canucks team, which of them do you think will be playing for their country in 2022? Um, 2022, that's two years is a long time, to be honest. Um, I'm providing, but let's just kind of say that no further issues call a stop to play or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Pedersen has got to be first off the list there he's going to be playing for sweden um i think yeah, quinn like hughes is a Larkstrom lock for the maybe, us like but i think he's quinn hughes for sure um i think brock besser is a likely but not a lock <laughs> brock besser for sure 
Yeah, um, I, I'd see him getting on. He's definitely on the squad, whether he gets on the, like, starts all the games. That's another thing. Um, um, he'll, he'll be a little older, but I think... No, I think he'll be a little bit older, but I think JT Miller will get some consideration as well. Yeah. Um, aside from that, but that might, maybe if we're that, going into the long future, really, maybe you see Vasily Podkolzin playing for Russia. Maybe. Oh, yeah, but like I doubt two years is enough for him to get there, so. Yep. Um, you already mentioned Jacob Markstrom. Maybe Thatcher any, gets like, a look. Mm, I think he'd have to have a lot more NHL experience between now and then for that to happen. Yeah. So, I, I think you're right, but I can see a situation where USA Hockey wants to um, incorporate Demko maybe as their third goaltender or something just to give him some of that experience because I can't. I mean, outside of uh, Florida Panthers prospect Spencer Knight, I, I don't see many other young up-and-coming American-born goaltenders that could be representing them. And, you know, by the sounds of it, it sounds like the NHL players will be back at the Olympics for both 2022 and 2026. So um, I do think that there's a path where Demko does get at least consideration. Right. Um, and I guess Roussel, if France somehow qualify. Yes, Roussel as well, if uh, France were to qualify. Um, Anna, just before we get to a break, um, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, well, we did talk about Michael Furlan already. So, um, I mean, for you, do you think Olympic hockey is important to the fans at all? Oh, yeah, definitely. Just because I'm not bothered about it. I'm not Canadian. Like, I think it's huge for the fans. Um, I think it's as important as it is to the players. I think it's um, a huge blow, especially like fans, Canadian fans in Vancouver. Like that memory of 2010 is so special to them to think that they're not like that. They haven't had that high caliber Olympic level hockey for the last little bit. I'm sure it's um, a great comfort to know that they'll get NHL players back into Olympic consideration again. Yeah, I think so too. Um, the last thing I think before we take our last break, the uh, NHL also announcing that the salary cap will remain relatively flat for the next four seasons or so. Doesn't it sound like there's going to be any sort of cap relief in terms of the Luongo cap recapture penalty, nor will there be any sort of amnesty buyouts, Anna, which really, really puts the Canucks into a very precarious position in terms of their cap crunch. I don't want to get into it too much just because we've talked about this quite extensively in the past, but given what we know now about there won't be an amnesty buyout and the Canucks won't get Luongo's cap recapture off the books, how much are you resigned that the Canucks will have to let one or more of Jacob Markstrom, Tyler Toffoli, and Chris Tanev walk in free agency? Yep. Like, I guess we sort of always knew that that was probably the case. Um you know, a compliance buyout was a Hail Mary, a more flexible cap was unlikely too. Um, I will say that I do think it's kind of nonsense that they're treating the lost revenue um, due to the pause as a player debt to the owners, these hugely rich people, um, and really just really 
poor treatment of the players. I think that really just shows how like they're treated as capital rather than people. But um, I digress. The point is that Canucks are in cap trouble, and as they were getting all this good talent from Pedersen and from Quinn at such a cheap price. And it's gonna that's gonna run out pretty soon. And I think I've said this in the past, but I don't think we have the um space to sign to Foley. And we definitely don't have the space to sign both Tanev and Stetcher. And I think that the Canucks are gonna bank on Markstrom and Tanev. So you're you're resigned to seeing Tyler Toffoli probably walk in free agency. Yeah. And I know people will be yelling at me right now for saying that it's not like I want him to go he's slotted in so well um but it's such a small sample size the amount of money it would take to make him stay is just not feasible I don't think from where the Canucks are now and you've just got to look at those bad contracts that they've already handed out and just sort of yeah unfortunately just resign yourself to it yeah, totally. I think, you know, it's it sucks. I will say that, you know, the flat salary cap is something that all 31 NHL teams will have to deal with, not just the Vancouver Canucks, of course. And though the Canucks are pressed okay. up against the salary cap with their players, um, maybe there is an opportunity to see if Tyler Toffoli would take a little bit less to return to Vancouver um, maybe the Canucks offering a longer term deal in exchange for possibly a lower salary cap hit. So, I, I mean, I think it's possible. I think the Canucks have identified Tyler Toffoli as a player that they would like to bring back at the right price, um, but clearly not someone who takes priority over the future contracts of Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Uh, we're going to take our last break, Anna. When we come back, we're going to get into mm-hmm. every single one of the NHL play in series and your predictions coming up right next on the C4 podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com and on the Full Press Network. Take hitting out of the game. You can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never ever did that before. Now, why did he do it in that because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder <laughs> Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Patterson. you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He and play. He's going to get a lot of power play time. And, yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. So, Anna, the play-in series, again, like we mentioned right off the top, starting August 1st. And let's go to the Eastern Conference first, where there seems to be a lot more intrigue. And I think we can both acknowledge that these play-in series are going to be pretty much a coin flip because of the fact that none of these teams have played for the better part of five months, if you can believe it, by the time August 1st rolls around. Um, For you, Anna, the New York Rangers taking on the Carolina Hurricanes, What's your prediction for that series? Um, I think that Rangers have had a somewhat tough season. I think I bet on them a little too early for their like prospects to come good. Um, but they have done better of late. But I like Carolina a lot. I love their style of play. So I'm going to take Carolina. In how many games? 
Oh, five. All five. Okay. Um, I think I would probably agree with you. I think Carolina does win this series, but I do think the Rangers are going to make a series of it. The Rangers were coming on pretty strong, um, you know, towards the March. They were making that improbable playoff run. Uh, Mika Zibanejad had been just on fire. Um, I think that the one thing right. that could ruin this for Carolina is the goaltending. You know, the, it is somewhat shaky with Peter Mrazek in goal. Hasn't mm-hmm. really been tested, and I don't think they exactly have David Ayers on speed dial. So, um, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes, I think, do face some question marks in goal. Yeah, um, I think you're right there. I think the pause came out the worst time for the Rangers, just as they were gain- gaining momentum. But yeah, overall, I like Carolina a little better, but... Yeah, over a five-game series, I think they can probably do it and stick it to New York, despite the goaltending concerns you raise. Right. Uh, The next series that we'll get into, Anna, is the uh, Toronto versus... I almost said Tortorella versus Toronto, but it is Tortorella versus Toronto. (laughs) Toronto Maple Leafs versus uh, the Mm -hmm. Columbus Blue Jackets, Anna. um, This one's going to be interesting. Um, Part of me kind of wants Toronto to win this series just because I do not want to see them get Alexi Lafreniere. <laughs> well, I wondered how that logic was going to work out. I was wondering if you were just like wanting Torts to fail. Um, I think you're right. Like, I couldn't imagine seeing them like Toronto getting Lafreniere. That would just be a stake in the heart. But at the same time, them actually progressing is isn't great either saying that if i have to pick one i think i would go with toronto yeah i think i do think toronto wins and i think toronto will win in four. Oh, okay um i'll take their over on that i say five still okay uh let's move this along here anna pittsburgh penguins versus the montreal canadians i will lead off first on this one um you know, we've seen a lot of talk that Carey Price can steal a series on his own. I'm not 100% convinced on that. I do think Pittsburgh um, might drop a game to the Montreal Canadiens, but I still think Pittsburgh wins this one in four. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking Pittsburgh all day long on this one. I like, I admire and respect Carey Price. I'm not sure if he can rescue Montreal again. Like, I don't know if he can do it on his own. Um yeah, I'm almost tempted to go three, but, you know, anything can happen, so maybe four as well. I might agree yeah. with you on that one. Uh, the last one in the Eastern Conference play-in series, the New York Islanders versus the Florida Panthers. Um, I I really don't think the Panthers are going to push the Islanders too hard. I think this is the Islanders in the only clean sweep of the play-in series. Oh, um, I mean, I'm leaning down the same side as you. Um I think if I were to like go many games, it was more a reflection on like the Islanders than actually the Panthers being strong. But um, yeah, so I'm going to say four again. All right. uh, Let's move on to the Western Conference, Anna, and we'll start with the Edmonton Oilers versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, This one is also a little interesting for me just because, again, similar to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I don't want either of these teams to get Alexi Lafreniere, but no. boy, oh boy, um, I think it would just shatter me to see Lafreniere go to the Edmonton Oilers. So I'm I'm kind of 
closet cheering for the Edmonton Oilers to beat the Blackhawks here. I know. It, it's like Sophie's choice here, but I do think Edmonton have Chicago too. I think Chicago are just this, just crumbling slightly. Um, so they've done enough to sort of stay in the game, stay in the hunt, but I just think like the speed of Edmonton will just begin to take over. Yep. Um, um, I'll say Edmonton and five. Edmonton as well. Okay. Um, I'm going to go bold, say Edmonton in three. Okay. Interesting. And surely the Chicago Blackhawks will be the team that wins Alexi Lafreniere and kickstarting their 10-year dynasty yep. anew, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks love to play victim, so they will just be convinced that like they deserve it after just a couple years of not dominating. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually not looking forward to this series at all. Like, I could not care less about the series, but the Arizona Coyotes and the Nashville Predators, two incredibly hard to watch teams, in my opinion, um, going at it in a playing series. Uh, I'm just going to go with the Nashville Predators taking this one in four. Um, yeah, I think a lot of what's charming about Nashville, too, is their fans. So without their fans, then you kind of even lose that and without playing in Nashville, which again is another charming thing because it seems like such a great city. Um, not too stoked about it, but yeah, I say Nashville in five. Okay. Uh, the Calgary Flames taking on the Winnipeg Jets in the only all Canadian play in series matchup. I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Jets on this one. I think the Winnipeg Jets are the better team on paper. And I think with them being a hundred percent healthy, they will be the better team. And I'm going to take Winnipeg in four. Um, yeah, I'm take, I hate to match you every step of the way, but Winnipeg as well. I mean, I, maybe down talked um the importance of goaltending in the New York Carolina series but that's not just like any goaltending Connor Halbach is one of the one of if not the best goalie in the league um so I think you know that makes a huge difference um Winnipeg are a tough team to play against and um I think they will yeah make that count against Calgary so um I'm going to say Winnipeg and no, I say Winnipeg and five. I think I was going to say four, but I think Calgary really are an occasion team. They really rise to an occasion. So an all Canadian matchup in a long awaited play-in series will definitely bring something out of them. But in the end, I think Connor Halbuck will push them over the line. All right. And the series that the only one that matters is the Vancouver Canucks versus the Minnesota Wild, Anna, and what is your updated prediction, I guess, at this point? Right, and I'm still going to pick Vancouver. I'm still going to be that homer because I do think um, that top six will um, really just show up. And even though their depth isn't as good as Minnesota and their D isn't as good as Minnesota, I do think that top six will get it done. And as long as Markstrom remains healthy, then we're good on that score um do i think we can do it in three definitely not four hmm, possibly but i think five is more realistic yeah i think i'm gonna agree with you i think the series does go the distance and it's pretty much a coin flip either way but i'll take the canucks in five in that one so anna yeah. as we wrap things up here on the c4 podcast um 
anything that you wanted to add before we end the show? No, um, obviously we've got like some news out today. Um, it really seems like it's getting closer here. You know, as you said, the camps are just a week away. And if we keep progressing, um, and I hope we do, and I hope some of the concerns of the players will be alleviated as we go down the road. We just don't want to end up like the MLS or the NBA. It looks like it's going from bad to worse over there. So, um, yeah, like as long as it keeps progressing, I'm excited. Certainly. And I would echo those sentiments just because it's it's been a little disheartening to see other leagues um, coming to the trouble that it has. We've mentioned the MLS. We haven't even talked about Major League Baseball, which continues to face so much uncertainty with regards All to right. resuming play for their season as well. And, you know, the NFL is another big one that, you know, doesn't even have fans possibly playing in the arenas at this point. But it's um, I think. Even though there are some very well-laid plans, as the old phrase goes, even the best-laid plans do go to waste. So um, I think it's important to keep the expectations maybe at least a little bit in check. And even though you and I, we have continued to get excited for the possibility of hockey returning, um, as we've seen in 2020, and anything that can go wrong does seem to go wrong. So I do think um, there is needing to be a little bit of a checking in of expectations. So I am trying to temper mm-hmm. my expectations a little bit as well. Yeah, for sure. And a reminder that you can find the C4 podcast on Twitter at the C4 podcast. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the C4 podcast on the web, c4podcast.com and on Discord. Join our Discord channel as we continue to talk about all the Vancouver Canucks action, the NHL's return to play. We didn't even get to talk about, you know, the possibility of the Vancouver Canucks signing Jack Rathbone, which has been another big thing that we've talked about on previous shows. But if you want to talk about Jack Rathbone, get into our Discord channel, follow us, bit.ly, bit.ly slash c4discord. That's in all caps. So make sure you check us out there as well. Uh, Anna, hoping to have Chris Golden back for next week's show, hoping to line up a guest as well. But again, as we see um, in the coming days, the official training camps will get underway at this time next week. So we anticipate we will have yet another big show to have for you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining us on behalf of Anna Forsyth at A Forsyth 3 the absent Chris Golden at Light Force and Adam Ovenel Carter at Adam FOC. I am merely Matt Lee. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Lee underscore 61. With all that said, we're out.